Welcome to the socialworldpodcast.com. Your host is Dave Niven. Today's show is sponsored by David Niven Associates. Well, hello and welcome to the Social World Podcast. I'm Dave Niven and uh, you can get us on uh, socialworldpodcast.com. You can listen and download from iTunes, Stitcher, Podfeed, email, uh, Twitter, at Dave Niven. All sorts of ways you can listen and so you're all very welcome. Now today, today's podcast is going to be a couple of things. Uh, I've got a really good interview with Jane Evans, who's talking about a national conference on parent abuse called Mirror or Mirage. In other words, is adolescent to parent abuse a mirror image of domestic abuse, or is this simply a mirage? And are there crossovers or contrasts between parent abuse and domestic abuse? So that's a, a terrific uh, interview I have with uh, Jane Evans and I'm going to follow that with something that is consuming the world of social work at the moment in terms of recruitment. And um, Somerset uh, have a particular recruitment problem at the moment. It's pretty acute. They, they don't seem to be able to recruit uh, anything like as many social workers as they want. And so the BBC actually phoned up and asked about this because there's all sorts of people taking all sorts of positions on this. And so I gave an interview to BBC about this, and uh, I thought you'd like to hear it. So, as I sit here preparing the following podcast from the Joint Social Work Education Conference at Royal Holloway University, uh, part of London University, I have now compiled enough, I think, for about another three podcasts. It's fascinating. I really look forward to sharing this with you. Academics from all over the UK are uh, here talking and talking to the Social World podcast in great droves and loving to talk about their research and their work. And we've got keynotes that we got from Harry Ferguson. Um, we've got all interviews. With all. I'll publish it in a well in advance and we'll let you have the first taste of it um, within the next week. But as for today, as usual, thanks for listening. So let's firstly go into Jane Evans. Okay, Jane, hi. Welcome again to the program. Uh, one of our sort of trusted and favorite guests. Uh, it's nice to see you again. It's great to be with you again, David. Now, this time we're going to be talking about parent abuse because you've been part of uh, a conference that's coming up in Bristol in the southwest of England in September on this, and it's got a fascinating title, Mirror or Mirage. Is parent abuse a mirror image of domestic abuse, or is it a mirage? Well, a fascinating sort of subject to look into, and I know it's a very serious question. Do you want to just say a little bit about it, Jane? Yes, I've been working on a project in Bristol since January for Wish for a Brighter Future, and it has, I had a growing awareness of parental abuse as an emerging issue in families and for professionals because many professionals just don't really know what to do about it and uh, then I got this amazing opportunity to work for WISH and it's given me the chance to develop my knowledge and to put into practice a lot of the theories and ideas I had around it with families with very good results I have to say. Good, 
I mean, and uh, obviously, you, you've got, there's quite a network here of um, professionals involved in this conference. Um, I mean, what should we be looking out for at the conference? Can you just say when it is first, if possible, please? Um, yes, it's on the 25th of September, and it's going to be in Amada House, which is not far from the station. We tried to find a central venue mm -hmm. on Baldwin mm -hmm. Street. And we're very fortunate to have Dr. Amanda Holt, who has written one of the only books on adolescent to parent abuse in the UK. She's going to be our keynote speaker. Um, so we're thrilled that she can even come, to be honest. Oh, that sounds good. Yes. And um, we're also going to have a, a panel of experts who are encountering this as an issue regularly in their work. So people from, someone from the police, restorative justice. We're also hoping to have Joanna Sharpen from Ava in London, who's very involved at the more strategic level. Okay. And domestic violence workers, I presume, as well as social workers and people from education. I mean, this would appeal to right across the board, wouldn't it? Well, yes, it will. Anyone who's involved directly in working with families or and young people, then, I, you know, in my work at the moment, I'm encountering a lot of confusion about what to do with it, how to support it, what we should be calling it. So I think that it's a very good time now that we are beginning to get more of an understanding to be sharing that with professionals far and wide. Okay, good. Well, look, let's drill down a little bit into this. Um, how would you say, how much of an issue is this, would you say, within our communities, Jane? I think much as domestic abuse was and still is to a degree, I think this is a hidden issue in across communities, um, actually across the world is what is what research is showing us. But it's it's even more shaming for parents to admit that their child is harming them than it is their intimate partner. So I suspect that it's a lot more prevalent than we know. And it's it's hard to gather statistics because on a criminal justice level, it's not called anything. It's not seen as a particular crime. So police going being called to a home, it would be called something different from parental abuse. So it's very much in its infancy as to how we discover how widespread it is. Okay. Now... There are obvious links, I suspect, I'm sure you would agree with this, to domestic abuse. Um, is that something where these concentric circles overlap quite a bit in terms of the study and the, the work with people who are at the receiving end of this or the perpetrators? Um, yes, the, my findings have been, and this is not robustly reported in the research yet, it's, it's sort of hinted at and in some cases stated. But my finding in the work that I've been doing is that the young people have all experienced extensive domestic violence, um, as have their parents. So I'm sometimes a bit confused by the slight greyness that is existing in the, in the research at the moment, because how come every family I work with, it's, it's the main issue that they've all experienced. Yeah, okay. I mean, and it, it, it just threads itself through. I know we're talking about children here, but 
in the sense of when, when children are older and the parents are elderly, I know within adult safeguarding practice there's quite a, a growing awareness of the problems of um, violence towards elderly parents as well from, from their children. Uh, yes, um, I recently delivered some, some training on adolescent parent abuse in Taunton and there were actually a couple of workers from an um, adult safeguarding team who were reporting exactly that to me. Hmm. So I think it's obviously a very timely and a very important conference coming up. Um, what, what would you hope to get out of it? Um, the aim of the conference is to look at the research with Amanda and then I'm going to share my frontline experiences, the model that I use in Bristol, which is a relational trauma and attachment informed model, which I think is unique, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so it's to offer opportunities to share what we all know, but also to very much invite and enable a discussion with those who attend via an expert panel, and um, you know an open conference floor discussion. Okay, I, I mean that sounds pretty comprehensive. Um, I mean, and it's becoming more and more attractive all the time. Listening to the agenda here, uh, does it, is there aspects in this about um, parenting skills and children's mental health? Would you say? Um, I would say yes, yes. Um, the young people I work with, they all present with very high levels of anxiety and the parents I work with are all doing absolutely the best that they can, but because of the journey that the family have been on through so much trauma and abuse themselves, it's very difficult to parent in the way that they would wish to and to have the relationships with their young people that they really want to have. So that's where I focus my work is on enabling the parents to um, parent in a more connected way and the young people to be able to accept that connection in a healthier way. No, I know. I mean, I, I take your point strongly because I suspect too that, um, I mean, a lot of this will be people and workers looking for strategies and looking for ways to work with their families. And um, it's not just mental health issues, I suspect, but perhaps where um, substance abuse issues come in too with the young people, um, and which is, are driving their behavior quite a bit in terms of how to, how to actually parent that. It's very, very difficult, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's probably some of the most complex work I've done. And certainly, you know, we know where there's a lot of trauma that there's always going to be substance dependency because the only way that you can manage sometimes is to self-medicate. And particularly young people, it's very hard for them to articulate their emotional trauma and pain. And likewise for the parents sometimes, you know, that it's so traumatic for them to be being frightened by and physically assaulted sometimes by their own child that you know that in itself is just is just too much to cope with on a daily basis so you know as as we've talked about before the toxic trio you know they all feature sadly in this of um a history of domestic abuse substance misuse and mental illness on both sides for the young person and the parents absolutely i i yeah, I mean, a little, right, let's get a little bit more into the format of this conference so that for people who are listening, they can actually see uh, how attractive it could be to them as practitioners. 
Now, you said there was keynote speaker and another, yourself, you're speaking, and there's a panel as well. Um, and anybody on that panel you want to mention? Um, yes. At the moment, um, we have – so somebody from the police will be there. They can't say who because, obviously, it depends on their, <laughs> their commitments in keeping us all safe. Um, someone from restorative justice is going to share their view of the situation and the work that they've been doing, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, we're also going to have Joanne Sharpham from Ava in London, who does some work at a more strategic level, but has a very good insight into both domestic abuse and parental abuse. And myself and Amanda will contribute to the panel as well. And um, also Sean Taylor, who is the project coordinator at WISH, is going to do a presentation on how they transitioned from being a domestic abuse organisation to a parental abuse organisation, because that's quite unique. Mm. Okay, good. So that's a pretty comprehensive day. Just one, one more time, say, would you for us where it is, uh, when it is, um, and, and how people can find out some details? So it's going to be held on the 25th of September in Bristol. Um, currently, you can book via Eventbrite. If you if you Google Adolescent to Parent Abuse Conference Eventbrite, it will pop straight up. <laughs> and there's, um, there's a link there. There's an early bird running until the end of July. So don't miss that. Don't mind you mentioning the cost, Jane, if you want to. Um, I think it comes in about nine, just around ninety pounds for the whole day. Okay. Okay. Thanks. So you were saying it's a um, the event, right? That's how you book it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, some people they can't do it that way because they're they're a council um, employee, so they can by all means contact me on Jane Evans six one at hotmail co uk. And I can help them with that because I know some people need invoices raised. Okay. Well, that's the conference. And just very quickly before we say cheerio, I mean, um, how about other things with yourself then, Jane? I mean, you had that very successful book still going, How Are You Feeling Today, Baby Bear, about working with um, domestic violence in families where there are very young children and how to, um, how to help parents talk to their children about it or other people talk to their children about it. Um, I believe you've got a follow-up coming, haven't you? Um, yes, Baby Bear is still going strong. And um, I get daily reports via Twitter or sometimes um, the training I was delivering yesterday in Gloucester. The uh, practitioners were telling me how they use the book, which is fantastic to hear and how effective they've been finding it, which is the main most important thing. And yes, I've signed a second contract for a book that will have, again, it will be for early years children because I think that we lack books for early years that address the more difficult topics with little children. It's, it's quite frightening to do that, but much needed. I, you know, I often say to people, I work with the big bears who did not get the baby bear experience and um, we need to get in as early as we can to be doing emotionally based work with little children and then that prevents so much uh, difficulty and trauma for them later on. Okay well good luck with that and I hope it's as much success as the first book as well. Thanks ever so much Jane and good luck with the conference. Thank you David so much. 
Well, there we are. Now, the next thing I want to share with you, as I said, was the uh, interview with the BBC. So let's talk about that recruitment, retention of staff, and all the various arguments that that's provoking at the moment. So have a listen to this. David Niven lives on the Mendibs, and he's the former chairman of the British Association of Social Workers, and he provides training on child protection and produces a podcast on social work issues called Social World. Thanks for joining us on BBC Somerset today. Tell me a bit more about the Department for Education's involvement in situations like this. What can it do? Well, I mean, hello, morning. Ultimately, what it can do is intervene and, uh, and send a team in, I think that you mentioned in your introduction, to actually take over. However... It sounds very unlikely in this particular case because it prefaced everything with actually saying that Somerset had made a, an improvement since it last actually did a study of the situation. So I would very much doubt if that's on the cards imminently because Somerset does seem to be improving. The big problem, of course, like you said, is the recruitment issue. Yeah, and what can you do? What is the knock-on effect when they struggle to recruit social workers? Uh, what knock-on effect will that have in bringing forward the improvements that they have to make? Well, I mean, the, the, the ultimate thing is they've got to get people into post, and, and I'm sure that they're as acutely aware as that as anybody else. I mean, with fewer people in post, there's more work for those that are in post, there's more stress, there's less um, opportunity to, to really go into proper detail and proper assessment of situations, and so you get things done particularly quickly and particularly, uh, and other things just have to drop off the edge that are considered to be non-important. Yes, the, there's a horrible quote, I don't know, not a horrible quote, but the phrase is a horrible one in the report. The Minister says there's still significant work to do, including stemming the churn of social workers, which sounds awful, doesn't it? And that's basically, well, somebody yeah. comes in, is, is recruited, they go through the training, and then they, they stay for a short while and then leave, and then they have to be replaced, and this is repeated over and over again. Absolutely, and when national guidance, I mean, some are acutely aware of this, I, I mean, I, obviously in some respects you can't blame them for, for having the vacancies because it is a national issue. However, on the other case, when you have either uh, agency staff or, as you say, people that just come in and then leave, effectively what you, you don't get is the continuity that social work demands. The, the ability of social workers to make proper relationships with families and see them through the particular problems or crisis that are, that are there, that, that's part of what the, the essence of social work is all about. And when you have in, a, in other words, every a, few months you could have a different person knocking at the door? Well, that's quite possible. I mean, and people know this. I mean, there's so many issues have been tried in the past, you see, things like um, recruiting from abroad or paying more money, all these various things have been considered or, or looking to, to put in different kinds of pay grades to attract people. But Somerset's problem is obviously recruitment, so as many other authorities, but in Somerset's case it would be particularly different to others because a bit like Devon, Cornwall and way down the peninsula like that, Somerset too, people who come to work there usually make a lifestyle choice as well as a, a, a career choice, whereas in many big urban areas you might get people, say, in London, you know, moving from one borough to the next, but they wouldn't have all the hassle of having to move house at the same time as well or move the families or move the children to schools and all that kind of thing. So you're having to look at diff a different catchment group. Yeah, very in that's a very interesting insight into the practicalities of all this. What about the intervention by the Department for Education, by the government, essentially? How unusual is that situation? It's very unusual. I mean, it has happened once or twice in England recently, and um, authorities have been, um, well, where the interventions occurred, you know, teams have been sent from other other authorities, usually sort of uh, high-performing authorities, to step in and take over. 
But, I mean, like I said, if, if they've actually said that Somerset is even marginally improving since the last uh, inspection, then it's doubtful if they're heading towards intervention, certainly in the imminent future. Very interesting, and thanks for joining us on the programme, David. You're welcome. David Niven there, who lives on the Mendips, a former chairman of the British Association of Social Workers, talking about the latest review of children's services at Somerset County Council. Well, there we are. Another one for another week, as usual. Great thanks to Alba Digital Media for uh, helping put all the technical side of this together. And um, I really look forward to sharing with you all the stuff that I'm picking up at the Joint Social Work Education Conference, as I mentioned earlier. So, uh, happy listening. Thanks for listening to us. Speak to you soon.